Uh, it's 2.05 on a Wednesday, a gorgeous Wednesday afternoon in the city of Edmonton. It's Jalen Nine, Andrew Gross. <laughs> hey, Jay. Don't get, you're all getting caught up. This is new. You're all caught up in your, your headphones. I'm trying to figure out how this is going to work. I've got, uh, I've got my uh, drugstore readers on, um, but I cannot see you now. So if I take those off, I can see, there we go. I can see you and the clock now, but I can't read. I'm going to have to figure out a way to, to walk the line on this little a little bit. <laughs> I uh, yesterday uh, we were given away the the comic tickets, the Regan Brian Regan, yeah, Brian Regan, and uh, the clip that I used from him was about going to the eye doctor because oh, right. I thought it was kind of appropriate. <laughs> yeah, but one of the things he was talking about was being approached about wearing trifocals and oh. trying to figure out that out. Right. <laughs> well, I actually had never heard of those until yesterday. Yeah. Um, I did what you're not supposed to do. You're supposed to wait several weeks, I think, at least days, until you try getting. Uh, adjustive lenses so that you can read and because your eye is not fully recovered from the surgery but I don't have that kind of time on my hands so I I went during the one hour break between the surgery and when you go back and see the surgeon and I went to the drugstore with Carol and we picked out three pairs of eyeglasses and I, I sat down at the computer section to see well what would it look like if I had a computer in front of me or a newspaper in front of me like I read those um, and then one of them, we decided to go just a level higher. You know, like readers are two, two and a half, 275, whatever they yeah. are. And I went, well, let's go one level higher. Everything was so distorted, it, it almost instantly made me feel ill. And, and I discovered it was these trifocals. I've never even heard of them before. So the bottom part is for reading. The middle part... Yeah, I don't know. Because there's a classic, the, the just standard glasses, and yeah, there's yeah. bifocals, so th that's up and down, so it helps you instead right. of take them on and off. And then there's a trifocal. Yeah, which I don't know what it's for, and it's graduated glass, so yeah. it's not like when you pick them up, you see it. But I hear there's contacts like that, too. Oh, I can't even imagine. I, I, no, honestly, I don't even know. I, I was relieved this morning to be able to see better than I could yesterday, yesterday and it will get better over time. But as it stands right now, there's a fireworks display going off in my left hand, my left eye. I, just any piece of light in my peripheral vision just suddenly flares. Okay, well, you know what? I would uh, I would recommend what the doctor suggested, and that is not using glasses for a few weeks. Uh, you, well, sure, I, if I find, you don't want me to be able to read texts and well, articles. Uh, yeah, I mean, i got to read them somehow. Some, yeah. I just, <laughs> it's going to screw up your eyeballs. Well, I don't know that it will screw anything up. I think it will just cause me to have headaches and feel dizzy quite a bit. You weren't alone at the uh, the eye doctor place yesterday. A bunch of our <laughs> listeners there yeah. as well. It was funny. Was Th it three for one day? It was three listeners uh, of varying degrees, which was really just funny. There was a, a gentleman who approached me when I first checked in. They asked you your name, and I said it. And he was there having just completed his surgery. And he didn't waste any time to, hey, I want to talk to you. And he said, I, I have a bone to pick with you. I, uh, well, okay, what is it? And I guess on Friday I had somewhat described what the procedure was like and yeah. why it was a little off-putting to me. And part of that was the fact that I could see the whole time. So it's hard to put it out of your mind when you can see yes, instruments yeah, going towards yeah. your eyes. He had just had the surgery and said he couldn't see a thing. So, and had he... He almost got scared away from going to the surgery because of my description. They put tons of liquid on your eyes, so everything's very blurry. Uh, and your eye is frozen with a chemical yeah, with okay. drops. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it is difficult to focus. But for whatever reason, last time and this time, I was able to see the instrument. So I don't know if I was... I don't know if I have different vision than he does. But the other was the uh, anesthesiologist 
who, while we were discussing Valium and Ativan, said, how do I know your voice? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. And But he'd already gone over. You know how you go in the room and they check, what's your name? What are you here for? What's your, what's your birth, date? birth date? And they determined that for sure you're the right guy. So he said my name two or three times and then said, how do I know you? So it's sort of funny, or how do I know your voice? It's like, well, my name was no giveaway at all. And I said, well, I'm on radio. And he goes, 6.30, Chad. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's just funny that he didn't connect the name. And the third was the nurse who woke me up uh, prior to surgery. And that has to be a first. They give you a little bit of Ativan to, or Valium, your choice, to calm you down a little bit, which I asked for. Uh, but I actually fell asleep while waiting for the doctor to come in and the nurse nudged me and got me, you okay, Mr. Gross? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, are you the Mr. Gross that's on radio? And I was like, not at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> this would be fun. Grab yeah. me a mic. We'll see how long I am still on radio for. It was much better this time. <laughs> Good. I will say that. Very, very, uh, I mean, I knew what to expect. So it was less stressful and it was over very quickly. And I kept my eye open the whole time instead of fighting that clamp. Just, so. just talking about it gives me the... Yeah. I would just like it now to be behind me, and it's not yet. It'll take six to eight weeks to get my vision perfectly. And then you'll have a sparkly eye like the other one. I will, and I'll be able to see Your distances. Your wife and I talked about that. You have sparkly eyes. I do. And I'm going to go. I'm, I'm on stage for the next three nights starting oh, tomorrow, so I'm, <laughs> I'm curious to see if it gets picked up you by stage lights. Your, you should wear your patch. I was disappointed you didn't have the eye patch on today when you came in. I'm like, hey, patch, what? what's going on? <laughs> well, you know, the patch is a funny thing, and I, it, it did exactly what I thought it would do. Um, you can get one that's plastic that you tape, and it's see-through, and so that allows the eye to start adjusting to light but doesn't allow anything to get in it or, or you to scratch it. And it's primarily for when you're sleeping, so you don't accidentally in your sleep scratch your eye. I don't like it, and I don't like the feel of tape stuck to my skin. So the other option was a pirate-type patch, which I put on, and I left on for this for after the surgery and you through the it night. Out of your underwear drawer is that where you got uh, it? No, I, I bought it, <laughs> <laughs> but I found it as I knew I would. In the morning, I didn't have it. Right beside the, the knee high boots. Well, I'm yeah, I'm looking around to the sheets under the pillow. Where'd that? Carol, dark? where's the treasure chest? No, no, the cat was playing with it in the corner. I. <laughs> it's just not going to work. Uh, okay, but yeah. So good times behind me now, all of this, <laughs> I hope. There's no more surgery you can do. This is it now. So I'll see for distance, and I need readers for reading. And oh, that's very it. good. Yeah. Well, you missed an interesting day yesterday. I guess I did. Uh, the uh, the throne speech. Yeah, and the protest outside the of protest the throne speech. The protest outside uh, the front steps. Different protest, uh, not protest, but demonstration outside the ledge today. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the midwives down there today. Is that a fact? Yeah. What are they protesting? Um, midwifery? No, 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 no. They're, I think they're looking for more support. Ah, I yeah, see. Okay. That's right. Huh. Where I, do you want to start? Um, it's up to you because, again, um, as I adjust to this new vision of mine, I hit the wrong button and printed nothing. Now, I did read all of the articles, so I have none of them in front of me right now. I'm going to do all of this off the out of memory <laughs> <laughs> because I can't read them, but I, I did read them fully and I'm aware of them and 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 there was some that really struck my interest. I just can't remember what any of them were right now. There was some a couple of parenting ones where you're like, what? There was the Facebook shaming one, which I okay, yeah. All right, let me just grab that one because sure. that one was on uh, kind of the top of my list. And my apologies if I have a funny sounding voice today. 
Yeah, you're I, a little sick. It's uh, It sounds different in my head. I don't know if it actually sounds like no, that on the sounds radio, okay. but it sounds a little odd to me. I had to adjust my headset, but it sounds okay. <laughs> the Facebook one, uh, here's the story. Here oh, you found it? Yeah. Okay. It's it's a mother who okay. whose son... Mom has mom has been criticized now after putting up this Facebook post intended to shame her 12-year-old son for bullying uh, a new girl at his school. So the mom posted a status update saying she was absolutely disgusted with her son's behavior. She said, quote, um, her son had uh, fit to, had seen fit to purposely tread on a new girl's foot at school and twist his uh, and twist his foot with such force it broke her brand new shoes, calling uh, causing his heel, to, uh, causing the heel to snap. Now she tagged her son in the post, and she went on to say, "If you so much to her son, if you so much as breathe in her or anyone's direction in a bullying manner, I will personally hand you over to their parents for every demeaning chore they see fit." As long as they do, kiss goodbye to your birthday money as you will be buying the girl a new pair of shoes and a bunch of flowers. Mm -hmm. And as these things do, it went viral yeah. and, and now lots of parents uh, contributing comments to it, many of whom are not in favor of what the mother did. But can we put a period at the end of that sentence for a second and circle back to that? Because another story, and they do relate, is uh, how there's a service now available where you can rent a dog for $99 and the dog is a drug-sniffing dog. And there's a parent who thought that uh, her, his daughter, who had been hanging out with a new group of friends and who had a kind of a funky smell going on in the room, suspected drugs and hired this service. And the dog came in and sure enough found a pipe that he then destroyed with a bat. Is that pretty much? Pretty much, yeah. All right, let's take those two stories. And I don't want to, every parent parents differently and every child reacts differently to different styles of parenting. And I'm not criticizing either parent in this case. I'm just saying what's on my mind. I think both of these parents need to learn how to actually parent. That to go on, listen, to go on Facebook, to get the attention of the world, to say that you don't think your son should bully. When did we start doing that? When did Facebook become a substitution for sitting down with your son, giving him holy hell and marching him over to her house to apologize in person? When did, when did Facebook begin? About 15 yeah. years ago. That's probably 10 years ago. That's probably when it started. I mean, she's being accused of just turning around and bullying her son. Yeah, and that aside, because I do agree that that's probably bullying her son as well. And people are saying, well, look, at you bullied him. Where do you think he learned his well, bullying is it, behavior? Is it bullying just because it's on Facebook? Because if she said it to his face, that's not bullying. That's parenting. To me, it falls in the category of what I like to call public parenting. And people often are confused by what I mean by that. Um, but I don't like those parents who need to, to let everybody know that they're on top of something and to get everybody to agree and approve what they just did no one would use those words in our house right you know no place if my son one of my sons did something like that and it came to my attention my first thought would not be to go to Facebook and say well I'm gonna humiliate him on my first instinct would be to take him by the ear out to the car and over to her house to apologize to her in person and then offer money to replace those shoes that's parenting so if in fact let's say they did do that she did sit down I'm just playing devil's advocate mm -hmm. here. If she did sit down with with um, her kid and spoke to him, say, this is what you need to do, and said all of this to his face, that's what she should have done, but then went to put it on Facebook. Are you saying there's absolutely no need to put it on Facebook? There's no need to yeah. put it on Facebook. Yeah. And, and why I wanted to bring up the dog sniffing one, the $99 rental, 
what the parent said in the article was that he had his suspicions but lacked proof. Then go look in the room. Then trash the room. Then trash the room. It's not a court of law. You don't need a search warrant to search your daughter's room if you suspect there's drugs in there. Trash the room. She said, well, you know, teenage girls and well, any teenage girls can have all sorts of different places to, yeah, to you hide bet. that sort of stuff. So you go looking for it. Yeah. The room's only so big. It's in your house. That's right. In your house. That room is in your house under your roof and your daughter is possibly on drugs. If you're wrong, you're wrong. But I mean, that to me sounds like a nice, uh, that's a pretty good Friday night with the wife. So pour a couple of drinks, head up to the room, find what Tear we find. Yeah. On there. I don't need my daughter's permission if I suspect she's on drugs. And by the way, I wouldn't even need to trash the room. I, I would sit her down until she confessed. I mean, she, he knew she had drugs. You don't go out and buy a drug-sniffing dog if your suspicions are not pretty sound that there's drugs going on in the room. Yeah, and this is interesting because this uh, this dog drug-sniffing dog. This story was out of Kentucky. And this guy has been super busy since he started this. And he said out of the, <laughs> he says a majority, like nine out of the ten homes that he's been searching, the kids have drugs. Mm -hmm. So what does that tell you, really? That tells you probably that those parents who hired his services were pretty sure there was drugs in those rooms. Now, I, I don't know about about you, I do know about you. But if I had any uh, any suspicion that uh, my kid was was doing drugs or doing anything that I'm not really approving of, I'm going into his room. Sure. And I have no questions about it. And I have done that. And if he's listening right now, well, he knows that. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I've told him straight out, I don't like that. I don't like this. Whatever it is. Yes, I understand that it is, you know, their space, their whatever. But. You're not paying rent. You're living in my house. And as long as I'm parenting you, these are my rules. Yeah. And, you know, I might use the service, but not in the way that it's intended. I might take that article you have in front of you and print it. And I might show it to my son or daughter and say, hey, did you see this? Yeah, Cough it up. <laughs> or. Hey, do you like dogs? Right. I'm getting you that dog you always wanted, but it <laughs> won't be the one you always wanted. So cough it up or we're going to find it anyways. The billboard. He's got the big dog in the middle, the big German Shepherd in the middle. It says, worried parent, kid using drugs, question mark. Then the phone number, give TLC. <laughs> TLC. Our dogs find drugs, only $99. <laughs> TLC canine. Huh. Yeah, I'll tell you what. There's just so much wrong with that in my mind. I mean, I admire the guy's business. If it helps save some kids, that's great. But what he's really doing is he's... He's getting rid of that gap between parent and child that should actually naturally exist, where you notice a change in behavior in your child, you have your suspicions, and you sit down and talk to the kid. And then you know that kid better than anyone. I know a dog is very efficient and can find the drugs, but you know that kid. You know when they're lying, don't you? And, and as you see them lying, you start picking apart their lie and put their put the pressure on and get them to confess and give them an out. That's it, a, and I hate to say it, that's almost part of the fun part. It is kind of part of the fun part. You know, I tell you what, you know what? Produce the drugs and we'll destroy them together. Don't produce the drugs and I find them. I become Mexican Customs and Immigration. When it, comes, when it comes to my parents. Go ahead and declare what you're doing, and the penalty will be far, will be far less severe than if I find you guilty. That's how I like to handle those things. And you often do find things in their rooms. That, Again, that's just being part of parenting. And I, I, I'm unable to read the texting page. I'm not sure if people are upset with me right now. But probably an invasion of privacy sort of situation. But they're your kids. 
A couple of texts that have come in. It says, I should have said, can't find your kid's weed. We can. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys are missing the most important thing. That right. little... Uh, that little kid, <laughs> I can't say the word, that little mm, picked on a girl back in my day, the 80s, that would have gotten me a hardcore beatdown. Well, there is that. You can't really condone that. But she was new to the school, had no friends. It's actually a real kind of a sad story. Brand new to the school, had no friends, and this bully bullied her, which was part of the reason why the mother was so upset about it. Yeah. But, you know, I know what my dad or mom would have done. Like I say, they would have marched me over to the house for the apology and the payment, and then I would have been made responsible for her sa safety. Grounded. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and then now you take care of her. Yeah, cool. you take care of her, introduce her to some friends, that kind of thing. Big Swede says, I applaud the mother. This anti-bullying message should go public. And another one says, the reason why I think she posted this is to make other parents aware of the problem and how she handled it. I assume she sat down with her kid and disciplined him. A lot of parents don't care about what their kids do at school or who they bully. So the mom went on to say, um, you know, calling him, embarrassing him online is nothing in comparison to the humiliation that the girl went through. And then she went on and said, as for my son, when I told him it went viral and it was in the media, he says, oh, well, I'm not bothered. Mm hmm. She she uh, did not sit down and discipline him in advance. She wrote the uh, post and tagged him in it so he could see it. So it wasn't a matter of this is how I handled it. That was her handling. it. She said uh, the final the final line in this story was what works disciplinary wise for one parent and child is completely different to another. My son is not a bully. He's a numpty who made a mistake, nipping it in the bud, prevented it from becoming an occurrence, resulting in him being labeled one or worse, still becoming a bully. How many times, though, Jalen and I have we talked about the Internet is forever and you have to be careful about what pictures you post, what posts you make. So five years, four or five years down the road when he applies for a job, and that's what comes up on the Google search. So has his mother really helped him? Even if she's corrected his behavior, she's left a mark on his record for all to see. Uh, 2.26 as we have a couple of minutes before the 2.30 on news with Eileen Bell. A couple more uh, texts coming in about this story. Sylvia says, my now husband did stuff like that in school. He probably actually likes the girl. It's high school. My mom taught me to hit back. So he got whatever he gave and learned from there. Girls at a young age need to learn uh, some self-defense. Comes in handy. What's worse, a girl kicking your butt or Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> just There's just you know, this whole public parenting thing. Bill says, hello, I think the mother posted that just so she could show the world how good of a mother she is. After all, that's why people post anything just to blow their own horn. That's just my opinion. That's my opinion as well. And that's that public parenting thing that I talk about. And people often confuse what I mean by that. And they'll text me or email me and say, well, I've... You've told stories about publicly, you know, saying something to somebody else's child or your own. Yeah, absolutely. I do those things. That's not what I consider public parenting. Mm -hmm. What I consider public parenting is that mother or father in the line at Walmart who makes a big deal about, now, you know, we've talked about this, Jerome. You're not supposed to do that, are you, Jerome? Like, just, hey, talk to your kid and get him straightened out before you take him to Walmart. Dave says, kids don't get privacy until they move out of my house. 10-4. Uh, would have definitely been punished for this behavior. She was bullying her son. You guys are spot on. That is poor parenting. And then Lucas says, my mom and dad searched my room once. They found my stash. They smoked some and flushed the rest. They, when I came home, they were high. I got so scared I'd never smoked weed again. Huh. 
Then there is always that parenting concept of whatever I find in your room, you have to take now in its entirety. Do you ever have a pack of smokes? All right, you're going to sit there and smoke them all. Or booze, you're going to sit there and drink it all. No. Oh, my dad made me do that. Just quickly, we have uh, Doug on the phone. Hey, Doug. How are you? Good. I've got about a minute. Okay, it's a funny story. Uh, my daughter was about 16, and I had uh, we were living on Saskatchewan Drive in a big high-rise. She was uh, leaving the house, so I went outside on the patio on the balcony for a smoke for myself. And she's getting into her car, and I see her pull out a smoke, and she lays it, and she smokes it. So I didn't say anything, because I would, I would be a bit of a hypocrite. I was smoking at the age of 16. But when she got home, of course, I went to her coat and found her cigarette. And I stole them. <laughs> you stole them? Yeah, hey, I stole them. And of course, when she went out later that day, she was looking, I could tell her she was looking for her smoke, looking through her coat, looking in her purse. And I, Did you lose something? Of course, she couldn't admit to it. And then I caught her smoking on the way home from school one time. I'm pulling up behind and I honked the horn and offered her a lift. And of course, she was, she was taking a, a puff of the cigarette. Didn't want to blow the smoke out in case I caught her. So anyway, we, sat, we sat her down that evening and, and her mother. Uh, and I talked to her, and uh, my, my wife was my only saving grace because I didn't really have anything to stand on because I was a smoker myself. Yeah. Her mother told her, when I met your dad, he was a smoker. When I met you, you didn't smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, thanks for the phone call. You bet. <laughs> Take it easy now. It's uh, 2.30. Alrighty. You know, when we talk parenting, we always get tons and tons of texts. <laughs> of course. Awesome. Um, yeah, anyway, people talking. Yeah. The drug stuff and people finding drugs and henna and how they were disciplined and, and that sort of stuff. So. You know, I was uh, trying to remember, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that last caller that we had right before. There was a time. Doug. Doug. There was a time at which my older daughter. Ashley had run into some troubles down in Calgary mm -hmm. with her mom and stepdad and she came up and did a year of high school living with us yeah. and we suspected she was smoking not drugs just smoking and at the time Carol and I both smoked but to me that's irrelevant we're adults she's a child so um we accidentally caught her outright, accidentally. You caught her outright. Yeah, yeah. We went to the school, uh, asked a couple of students where everyone goes to smoke, and then, uh, smoke, and then we staked it out uh, until she came out and had a smoke, and we caught her. But the thing is, it's just funny because Carol thinks these things through more than me. I was right away, okay, there's going to be discipline for this, there's grounding, there's this or there's this. But it didn't take long for Carol to ask, well, I wonder how she's paying for them. Because sometimes these problems, like finding drugs or finding something else, well, nobody's giving them. They have to be paying for them somehow. So we got thinking about it. Um, we don't pay her an allowance. She doesn't have a job. So she, she was snitching money. She has to steal money from somewhere or she has to steal the smoke. So the easier of the two would be stealing money. So we tracked it down until we found where the theft of the money was coming from as well. And it was from the other two kids' piggy bank. And Carol's the only woman I know, and I'm sure there's more out there, that she said, you know, it's got to be the piggy bank. And I said, okay, well, how are we going to know? She goes, well, I know exactly what's in the piggy bank because apparently she counted it every week just to see how they were doing. And it was, it was a piggy bank for the kids that was in a public place in the house where when people came in, they always put a little money in there. And yeah. that was, you know, so she counted it. And, yep, that's, that's right, short 80 bucks. 
80 bucks, yeah. So she had to, my older daughter had to replace that $80, was still grounded. And uh, I think she still smokes today, but she didn't smoke around our house anymore. You, you know, small victories. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I stole uh, cigarettes from my mom. And, you know, thinking that, oh, I'm just going to go outside and smoke it, go for a walk. Not mm-hmm. that she's going to smell Not it, realizing, but, yeah, realizing you smell what, like smoke. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I didn't do it that often. And then, and I've, I've, I've said it on the show before, but my, bro- my brother and I were pretty much on our own from the time we were, you know, 15 on. So we kind of did our own thing anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so we didn't, getting caught was... Oh, mom came home and we weren't expecting it after a few days. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's that's what it that's what it was. And we got caught once having a party in the backyard and threw over a bottle of sparkling wine over the side of the deck and it spewed <laughs> up like a fountain. Mom wasn't happy with that, but that was that was really about it. But then I was gone when I was seventeen, eighteen years old right. and never went back. So didn't have those those sort of things just ended up making a lot of mistakes in the well you know what though there's this thing and i want to move on to this uh, staying with parenting but moving on to a more serious parenting story down in i believe florida could be um it's a funny thing though because oftentimes you catch your child doing something that you did as a child Mm -hmm. and there's part of you that thinks oh well i did that too just because you made small indiscretions and mistakes as a child doesn't mean that gives a get out of jail free pass to your children Uh, Think about it, at least I do, think about it this way. I'm happy with who I am, and I'm here because of all my experiences. And if part of those experiences were my parents finding me with a small amount of drugs or or alcohol or whatever and punishing me for it, um, I don't want to... I'll do the same. I don't want to turn around and say to my kids, ah, it's okay, I had a few drugs in my room when I was a kid too, because I think you're opening the door for it to become a much bigger problem when you do that, whether it's drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, whatever. Well, yeah, when it comes to the, sm- I don't know. I, I know attitudes are changing towards drugs like marijuana. I mean, you know, the harder drugs, obviously, mm-hmm. it, it's different. But if you're setting as a parent, if if you're if you're smoking and you're pounding back the drinks and you're 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 smoking pot too, I mean, aren't you just setting that example for your kids and they're learning that way? And that whole that whole thing is, well, I'm an adult, so does mm-hmm. that really? Yep, it does. Does it? Sure, there's different rules for adults than there are for children. You've got to stop trying to give okay, everybody what, full rights. Well, when is that, though? I mean, are we talking about, what if they're 17 years old? Well, here's I the... I mean, there's a difference between a 13-year-old sure. oh, and of a 17-year-old. Of course there is. I mean, they ease themselves into adulthood. But I don't think drugs, smoking, or drinking have gotten better since we were kids. I don't think they're good for you now. So I, I, I still think that it's a good idea to monitor that and keep it in check and and I just don't think it's a good idea to encourage it as a well I did it and I do it I mean if Carol if go run for your kids sure whatever if 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 with your scenario are you being a a hypocrite and this is a big if 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 Carol and I liked to smoke dope we would certainly never do it in front of our children ever and call us a hypocrite if you want in this theoretical but you'll drink alcohol in front of your children. Yes, but responsibly. My my children will never see us sloshingly drunk, or if they do, it's 
It's a rarity. Yeah. I can't. I can. The only one time I can think of it in the last 20 years was your house. <laughs> <laughs> and they came to pick you. And they we, came we to get us. Yeah. To drive us home. Right. To drive you home. Um, and I guess the legality. I mean, alcohol is is legal, mm-hmm. and marijuana drugs still aren't. Mm-hmm. That's right. And smoking under the age of uh, what 16 is still not. So, you asked at an age. I mean. I don't want my kids doing, just because I do it or have done it doesn't mean I want my kids to do it or I should give them a license to do it. But you want to talk about this? This is almost, well, well this, this is a, is a disturbing there's a, story. There's a couple here that I uh, want to touch on, but this one was uh, a woman in Florida. She's 24 years old. She's been charged with child neglect after police say she she threw back a bottle of uh, rum, took off her clothes, and then for some and then, then, yeah, she took off her clothes for some reason and passed out naked while babysitting. Mm-hmm. And then her dad shows up and finds her. Yeah, now I was Calls confu- the police because right. she was it, got violent. Was, now, was the girl, she was babysitting her little sister because was the father who found them the father to both? That's what I didn't understand from the article. Not but, 100% sure. Yeah. Nevertheless, he left this girl in charge, this 24-year-old in charge of a child, left, came back, and discovered her passed out drunk and naked on the floor. Yeah. Called the police. Yeah, because she got violent when she when he woke when he woke her up, and police came and arrested her. That's right. Yeah. She couldn't stand. She couldn't talk. <laughs> and they sorry. woke her up, and then when the police showed up, so they woke her up, and then the the police had to wake her up again because she'd passed out again. Yeah. Well, where'd you get your babysitter, Kijiji? I mean, jeez. <laughs> again, not to blame the parent, but really. <laughs> Uh, you kind of got to. You you have to do a little bit of screening when it comes to babysitters. I don't know how you would know, but did she have any references from... I have no idea. It could be his own daughter. I, I don't know. That's what know. I'm that's, thinking. That's what it was, but I mean, it was a... Uh, a little one and a 24-year-old. They, they were they were spread yeah. out. That's for sure. But see, maybe I'm just. I mean, but I think there's all sorts of bad babysitter stories out oh, there. Oh, sure. People have done. You know, I know that there was kids I went to high school with that, you know, threw back a couple of drinks because, ooh, they're on their own or had their boyfriend over, their girlfriend over, and then got caught. Yeah. You know. Well, call me suspicious. Uh, But no matter, we didn't get babysitters for the first few years, really. Uh, But if there was a rare occasion upon which somebody other than, say, grandma was looking after the child... Uh, we would always tell the babysitter, we would know the babysitter, have gotten references on the babysitter, be in some way related to the babysitter, like my best friend's daughter's, or that kind of thing. But despite all of that, my rule of thumb was always to tell them, I, we will definitely be home at midnight and then come home at 11. I always came home an hour early and it was as quiet as possible, putting that car in front of the house. Key Just in, to see boom. What was up. Yeah, let's see what, because uh, you know the kids, eh? they're like, oh, they're going to be home in an hour, we better start cleaning up. You know, I, I like to see that process. Never caught a babysitter doing anything horribly bad. When you say bad babysitting stories, worst one ever was Ashley and David when they were tiny. And we, we, out of desperation, got a babysitter that we didn't really know, but they were sort of a friend of a friend. And we went out, uh, my first wife and I, we went to some function, came back. Kids are sound asleep in bed. House is immaculate. Uh, babysitter's <laughs> watching TV. And, and we... We drive her home, and on the way home, I ask, any problems? No, 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 everything went pretty smooth. Okay, great. Paid her. I tipped her, in fact. Uh, and then the next day, one of our neighbors said, oh, man, you guys must have been losing your minds last night. I'm like, oh, oh, why is that? Well, she was driving home at about 11 o'clock at night. She was about six blocks from our house when she saw our two kids crossing a major intersection to get to a playground, 11 o'clock at night. 
And so she knew who they were, like, you know, grabbed them, took them back to the babysitter, who apparently was on the couch with her boyfriend, took a while to answer the door. And then she was like, oh, thanks very much. And like, just put them back up in bed again. Never mentioned it to us. That's so, that, and you know what? That's so awkward. <laughs> you just, I don't even know how to handle that situation. Like, Did who you do ever I, say anything? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I phoned her right away. She didn't take my calls at first. Uh, phoned her, and then I phoned her, her cell phone, leaving messages. Listen, the next call, if you don't call me back, it's to your mom. So, you know, and if, and if she doesn't return my call, the next one's to the police. So, so eventually she did phone me back, and she was like, oh, I didn't know they'd gone that far. Like, her defense was, oh, I thought they just wandered out into the front. Air. You what? You what? You're missing the point. <laughs> yeah, the kids got out. <laughs> she was trying to blame them, too. Well, you know, if they were more tired, they'd have gone right down. Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. Here comes the babysitter stories. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, babysitter was good. This is from Ron. Never came back. My nephew and niece tied her to a chair. They went to the store and the sister came home early. <laughs> tied her to the chair. Hey, come on. We're going to have some fun. I've certainly heard of uh, babysitters locking, or babies, uh, children locking yeah. their babysitter out of the house, that kind of thing. Hey, believe it or not, I was, I was like the neighborhood babysitter when I was yeah. Uh, yeah, 31 Robertson Lane in, in Sault Ste. Marie. There was kids all around. And next door, I, I babysat those kids probably three or four times a week they were parents were really busy and the, or the one kid was off doing this and that sort of stuff but oh my goodness i would i was terrified of of doing any anything wrong but the thing with them was they didn't allow their children to watch tv oh so there was no sitting down and turning on the tv when you were when you'd had had enough it was on occasion you might be able to watch a kids movie which at that time was the original uh, charlie and the chocolate factory sure yeah <laughs> which i seen a bazillion times Although, or board games yeah. or we were reading almost all kids have a favorite movie that they're prepared to watch over yeah. and over again so it's always nice to know that these days though you would think babysitters get away with nothing given the level of technology at the disposal of given most parents and go well no the fact that you could put cameras anywhere oh well yeah record too. all kinds of stuff how much do you pay a babysitter these days i don't know you Back, paid like two bucks an hour i was going to say the last time we paid a babysitter the rate was two bucks per child per hour but i'm sure it's gone up from there i was left with a newborn a two-year-old and a four-year-old. That's a lot of responsibility. Yeah, on a regular basis. Now, my mom was right next door when she was around, but or when my parents were still together, but a newborn two- and four-year-old. Mm. The only babysitting I personally ever did was for nieces. <laughs> for co-hosts? <laughs> <laughs> well, that too. Hey, Randy. Hey, good afternoon. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> well, I'm talking about babysitting, and I'm, I'm driving down the highway here. I drive truck, and I... I, I remember, it's not so much a story, but I remembered seeing, uh, uh, it was a skit on Saturday Night Live, probably 20, 20 years ago or better. <laughs> and it was, it was the fellow that uh, used to, he used to do the hostess uh, tortilla commercials. <laughs> tortilla commercials. Keep going, we'll, ago. it'll come to us. Okay. Yeah, but anyway, uh, uh, he, he uh, him and his wife came, came home, the, the babysitter, she was maybe 14, and she was drop-dead gorgeous. Anyway, this guy and his wife came home after a night out, and she's, she's not very attractive. She's obese. Anyway, the, uh, the wife says, okay, uh, okay, dear, uh, uh, call, call a cab, and then we'll get the babysitter home. And he says, no, no, dear, that's okay. I'll take her home. I'll take her home. That's fine. I'll look after it. Well, anyway, as the skit went on, uh, 
they both get in the car. He's in a little uh, compact station wagon somewhere, and, and they're parked on the side of the street, and he reaches over in the glove box, and he pulls out a Mickey. Am I uh, Do you recall the scene? I'm starting like, to see that, yeah. 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 So anyway, anyway, he reaches over, and he pulls out a Mickey, and he, he offers her a... He, he brought, or, he he uh, offers her a sip, uh, or wants her to take a drink, and and so she tips back a sip, and she says, "Oh my God, is that ever? That's that's very good." Well, anyway, anyway, the next skit, you see the uh, uh, the back shot of the uh, vehicle they were in, and then the uh, the seat goes down, <laughs> and then and then uh, the next scene is an aerial shot of a penitentiary, and he said, and he said, and all you hear is all, all you hear is. I'll do. I would do it again. Oh, <laughs> <Jeepers>. <laughs> no. I, anyway, that, okay, that's my story. <laughs> Thanks, Randy. I, I, I'm sure there there has to be listeners out there that that uh, would have had had to have seen that. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I think I remember. I remember parts of it. It's all good. Oh, it was it, it was just it was just hilarious. <laughs> Thank you. Probably uh, almost almost as good as orgasm, Matt. Yeah, oh, there you go. All right. Okay. <laughs> Awesome, okay. Randy. Thank you. You know, it's uh, funny. Man, what? I'm now thinking from a, an entirely different perspective on babysitting. Uh, there has to be stories out there of those that did babysit and, and things went horribly wrong that mm. were not their fault. or Because it always seems like that one thing that they point out before they leave. You know, like, whatever you do don't touch that vase or whatever you do and for whatever reason a baseball bounces from the backyard through the open window and hits that vase like it is really unlucky yeah we're coming up to the three o'clock news with eileen bell on the other side Uh, more topics to talk about another parenting one Uh, you might have heard about this story about this 19 month old who ended up with croup and uh, then meningitis then passed away. Want to talk about that with you after 3 o'clock. Plus still to come before 6 o'clock we have tickets. A pair of tickets to see Brian Regan, that funny stand-up comic. He's playing the uh, Jubilee on March no, on August 27th. Tickets go on sale Friday, March 11th. Plus 420. Your chance your chance to qualify for that Guns N' Roses reunion concert in Las Vegas. We'll uh, announce another name at 420. You'll have six minutes and 30 seconds to call us back.